Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on, things to do. Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them, no stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose, food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. Welcome to the show, Vassos is here. Aloha. Rachel's here. Greetings. And later on, Judy Murray's going to be here. Tell us about Judy, Rachel. Well, you might think of Judy Murray as an absolute legend of the tennis world. And quite often we used to see her courtside when her sons were playing in, in Wimbledon. I would now like to think that you'll be thinking of her more when you're poolside reading this incredible holiday read, The Wild Card. I am five chapters in <laughs> and it is excellent. All right. Also on the show today, Russell Brand is going to be here. Tell us about Russell Vassos. Russell Brand, comedian. Russell Brand actor Russell Brand about to host a festival which he'll tell us about Russell Brand who's got a comedy special up his sleeve but mostly this morning Russell Brand West Ham fan the Happy Hammers are blowing bubbles galore this <laughs> where, morning where the sun don't yes, shine they are. where they're blowing bubbles don't exist this morning they've just won their first European trophy in 50 years yeah up the Hammers come on you irons if you're a happy hammer, you know, on a normal day, you're going to be the happiest of hammers today, aren't you? That's what they call them, the happy hammers, isn't it, West Ham fans? Well done to West Ham. I didn't realise that I was staying up last night to watch West Ham win the third most important European trophy. I thought they were playing for the Carabao Cup. I didn't know there was another one. Um, you know, the old UEFA Cup. I, I knew there was the old European Cup, which is the Champions League, and the old UEFA Cup, which is the Carabao Cup. No, the, Cup. the Europa League. Sorry, the Europa League. Mm. But this is different. The Europa Conference League. <laughs> what they've decided to do, yes. because because why not, is to, make a, is to make a European competition for people who finish mid-table. Thank you. <laughs> Rachel, can you just say what you said? Off, she, Rachel just mouthed something to me and it's exactly what I was thinking last night watching the The Europa game. having a meeting league. This Is whole thing about... conference? I know we have a conference league as well. It's so unex... The word conference, <laughs> mm. I don't understand. It's unexciting anyway. If you're going to one, I, I don't think it's that exciting. It might be. Forgive me if it is and I just don't think it is. Anything that involves laminates with your name on, you know, and, and you know, a delegate check-in desk. No, it's not for me. I understand. I've done, I've done that. I'm, I'm sort of going to one of those today after the show. You know, it's all fine. But generally, in its own world, conferencing and the word conference is like, it's a bit yawny. But to then apply that to a, an elite sports division, I don't understand why it's called the Conference League. No, I, I don't either. I don't really understand why it exists, but I love the fact that it does because West Ham won it. <laughs> don't take it away no, from we love them. That. No, we really love that. Yeah. We really absolutely love that. Well done, West Ham. 
Uh, no, this Jonas brother, Joe Jonas, who um, I, I had a, an interaction with yesterday completely out of nowhere. Actual Joe Jonas, one of the Jonas Brothers, was spookily playing their new single at the moment. It's the title track from their new album, Waffle House. It's really good. We love it. Um, and Tilly just open mouth said, what, an actual Jonas Brother? I said, no, I know, I know, I know. It sounds crazy. I'm not making it up, um, but it's true. And you say Joe's the best Jonas Brother. Well, in my opinion, I was always a Joe girl. So love Nick, <laughs> love Kevin, but for me it was Joe or nothing. Tell us why. Oh, he was he was the lead when they were in Camp Rock yes. on Disney Channel. Yeah. He played the lead singer of the band, right? And he was just he's just always been my favourite, and I love him and his wife Sophie. And if you're gonna have a Jonas Brother knock your door, I think I would say Joe is the best. One You'd take have. the other two though, wouldn't you? Oh, oh my goodness! Who would you take yes. second? I know you've started to order them. Well, see that feels harsh because then I have to leave one last. Okay, I... that's fair enough. So it's okay to pick a favourite, but, but just not wanna... a second and a third because yeah, that involves wanna... a last. I don't want to put someone in last place. Do All right. I? Um, how did they come about? You've already alluded to the fact mm. they were they were sort of they were born they were born at home with their mum and dad, <laughs> but they were born from a public facing point of view, front and center on the Disney Channel. Yeah, so they they've been famous since they were really young. They were one of those Disney Channel created bands, and uh, they were teenagers, and they had a TV show yep. called I believe it was just called Jonas, or maybe it was called the Jonas Brothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they starred in a film called Camp Rock, which is one of those classic high school musical style. Classic. It's a classic. Summer everyone. Camp Disney Channel movies. And then they made their own music. They did a cover of Busted Year 3000, which is huge in America and kind of brought that song to America. And then they went away for a while and they've come back. And I think, I think they've just come back perfectly. They've done it so well. They have great music. They're not afraid of acknowledging that they were Disney Channel stars. Yeah. But then they've they're sort of taking a new path as well. Well, the Big reason fan. I the reason I live where I live, and mm. you know this, is because you live where you live. Yeah. Um, because you know I've been friends with your dad and your family forever, mm-hmm. and I used to go around to your house thinking it's really nice here. I'd like to live here <laughs> one day. Yeah. So the reason the Jonas brother came to where we live um, yesterday was mostly because of you. Yeah, I think I think that's true. <laughs> and yeah. spookily on Monday you were wearing your Jonas brother's t-shirt. I know. I wish I'd worn it today now. I, I want it to the office <laughs> on Monday. It's so weird, isn't it? It's crazy. It's, I can feel this in the air at the moment, can't you? Yes. I really can. Um, what else is going going down, Tills? What in in the world? Well, because I think that <laughs> no, because I think that the seeds that we sort of subconsciously, almost accidentally planted as a team a few years ago, they're just that we're seeing mm. the sh- the first shoots of a new growth here because. <laughs> It, everything seems to be going yeah. extremely well. Well, I wore a Lionel Richie T-shirt yesterday, so he might come so knocking in a couple of days. So watch out for Lionel knocking on your door today, team. <laughs> what other T-shirts do you have to choose from in the morning? I mean, those are my two fun T-shirts, I would say. Right. I have a lot of stripy T-shirts. Lionel, no no one else. Strong, no one strong. else on a... I'm trying to think. No, it's, those are the two. So. Okay, well, watch out for Lionel. Yeah. Watch this space. Something will happen with Lionel <laughs> Richie in this show or one of the members of the show. Thank you, Tills. Thank you. <laughs> Knock-a-doodle-doo. Uh, morning, Chris the Gang. That's the first time texter Bell and the knock-a-doodle-doo. And this is why from Caroline in Gateshead, long-time listener, first-time texter, please can you say a big hello to my colleague Joss and everyone manning the Virtu motor stand at the Royal Cornwall Show. Enjoy your fun in the sun and don't think about me back in the office. Oh, so nice. Uh, Mark and Esther in Scarbados. Oh, sorry, Mark and Esther. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Chris and the Super Singe team. I hope you all have a great day. We have a super busy few days ahead, but after that, we're jetting off to Egypt on a 
diving holiday. Oh, I've done one of those. They're great. Have you? Her Gerda, Sharm El Sheikh. Yeah, that was our go-to holiday, Caroline and I, before we had kids. You've we both were padded up. Done diving. Yeah, it, it's so wonderful. It's like you're in a different world. Yeah. Breathing underwater. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Warren Interpreter says, please, can you wish my partner Mel a wonderful birthday? Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Mel. Mel. Come on, let's go. Happy birthday, Mel. Happy birthday. I'm worried about the Glazers and Man United. Are you? Are you really? They're on your worry list. I really am. Yeah. Shake it or leave it. What is wrong with the guys? The Glazers have been told by Qatari Sheikh Jassim, sell me Man U by tomorrow or I'm out. Sheikh Jassim made a fifth bid of around £5.5 billion pounds for the Old Trafford Club this week. I mean... What 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 else do they want? What more do they want? I don't understand. That's a load of dough, isn't it? They bought it on tick, like you say, Vassos. They put a pound down and they borrowed the rest. It was more or less that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm paraphrasing. But in the terms of what they're being offered now, it's all profit, isn't it? There's a whole load of profit there. Yeah. I mean, maybe they think <laughs> that 5.5 will become 6 if they just don't sell. All right, then um, I'm going to offer another olive branch of advice to the Glazers. Mm -hmm. And this is big, fat financial advice from somebody completely unqualified. But if you're not going to sell to... What's his name? Jake Jassim. Yeah. If you if you are gonna gonna leave it as opposed to shake it... Yes. <laughs> then don't hold out for six billion pounds. Then... This is a keep it for 10 years thing because I think Man United will be worth 60 billion in 10 years' time because... We've talked about this before. The first, there's a thing called first civilization living, and we're heading towards it, which is true global, a true global community. It's inevitable. Uh, we can't avoid it. I don't think we want to, but we couldn't if we wanted to, because it's where we're going. And the first single or first civilization phenomenon is football, mm -hmm. and the second is the internet. And football is ahead of the internet. And so, so many people now, you thought football was popular or you think football is as popular as it possibly can be because it's so much more popular than it's ever been, just you wait and see. More people are engaging with football now than ever before. Man United, one of the most famous clubs in the world. Here's a question for you, Vassos. Which, if you had to pin your colours to a mast, which club in the world, on the planet, is the most famous domestic football club? Manchester United. Over Barcelona? Over Barcelona and Real Madrid, absolutely. Yeah, it has. It just has a little cachet that the Spanish clubs, big as they are, right. don't have in the Far East, for instance. Right, OK, there you go. Man Manchester United, and it's not, I mean, and it's not close for second, and the second place is probably Liverpool. Really? Yeah. It's funny because tripped, tripped off your tongue, which is usually the truth, mm. is Real Madrid and Barcelona before Liverpool. Now you've stuck Liverpool in after thinking No, you, you, you said Real Madrid and Barcelona. Oh, sorry. Um... Uh, and then I was thinking, well, were they, you know, and Bayern Munich, huge clubs, PSG now because of the, you know, because of the ownership. Yeah, no, Man City now because of blah, blah, yeah, blah. But, but no, no, no. If you're I buying mean, history. Big, big, big clubs. Manchester United yes, yes, yes. in first place by some distance, Liverpool in second. And then there's a big gulf. It, see, to me, it's obvious. If you zoom out, mm. right, if you actually zoom out and you look at... Tell, you look for tells, look for signs. The opposite mm. of red flags, green flags, go signs, OK? If you look at the price that football memorabilia is bringing in auctions, surely the ultimate thing to buy would be a historically 
world famous football club because you're not just buying the ball that Pelly scored a goal with or the shirt that Maradona wore in the mm. England semi-final of the World Cup you're buying Man United you buy Man City you're buying a brilliant business now you, but you're not really buying this like unbelievable famous bit of memorabilia and if you buy Man United you're doing the thing that happened a couple of weeks ago at one of the festivals that I went to you're buying a, a you're buying both you're buying nostalgia and now and nostalgia, we have this massive catalogue over here, which I was going to talk about yesterday, which is our latest oh, yeah. prop store entertainment memorabilia big. live auction. That's a weight training session. Do you remember the old phone books? Yes. This is that time. This is a thousand X mm. of that. And in here, you have nostalgia and memorabilia going for tens of thousands of dollars. You know, um, I just, I, here we go. This is just one thing. Lot 887, cast autographed Hogwarts acceptance envelope. That's all it is. It's just, and and the estimate for that is three and a half to seven thousand dollars. It's just a note with some some writing on it from people who may have been in the film. That's, I mean, it's more than that, of course, but but it's it's a load of money, um, but it's in the past. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I was listening to this great story. I think his name's David Meisel, and David Meisel took a business course at Harvard. A business degree at Harvard when he was of, of sort of student age, 18, 19, 20. So he became this business per person and then he went to work for a financial company and then he, but he was a fan of, Mar he was a massive fan of Marvel comics and he couldn't understand why there weren't any better Marvel movies. And then he discovered that the people who own Marvel don't really make any money out of the movies, they just made money out of the toys. So he went to them in his 20s in 1996 and he suggested they might want to take over the movie franchise. They said, we don't know how to do that. He said, well, I don't really, really either, but I've got quite a lot of financial acumen behind me. Why don't you let me have a go? So he did, and then he sold it to Disney for $4 billion. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to know the direction football billions is yes, travelling. Yes, 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 so yes. everyone said, like, early in the pandemic, well, you know, these football wages, they are unsustainable. These players on £100,000 a week. Well, Lionel Messi yesterday turned down a million pounds a week to go to Saudi Arabia. He's actually signed for David Beckham's side into Miami. It was Miami. Day, wasn't it? It's a quote. Sorry, it was a million pounds a day. Yeah, a million pounds a day. He turned down <laughs> to, to to join the Saudi league. That includes Saturdays and Sundays. Just <laughs> yes, it does. Days. No, it was over a million pounds a day. So it was over three hundred and sixty-five million pounds a year. His salary, a uh, post tax. In, in case you're wondering, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I was really worried about. Well, but Messi doesn't worry about tax, does he? <laughs> yeah. So this is the way we're going. Oh yeah. Um, he's he's off to Miami. Football, yes, Glazers. Hang on to Man United. <laughs> yeah. I would sell today for five and a half billion and, um, you know, sail off into the sun. But don't hang on for six billion next Tuesday because it may not come. Just just forget you own Man United for five or ten years and see what happens then. Yeah. It's our advice to the Glazers. And in those five <laughs> or ten years, you'll probably be OK. It'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> I watched a brilliant documentary last night, Vassos. Oh, was it the Bobby Robson have one you were saying it? about? Oh, yeah. have you seen it? I know, but I'm fascinated oh, by Bobby Robson. so good. And it's his so players good. absolutely loved him. My, my favourite quote, I, I just, this is, this is a, a reporter to, when he was managing Newcastle yep. late in his career, <laughs> um, a reporter to Shola Amiobi, do you have a nickname? And Shola goes, no, not really. Then the reporter says, well, so what, what does Bobby Robson call you? And Amiobi says, Carl Court. <laughs> 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 but they loved him. Absolutely loved Bobby. 
The documentary is fantastic. It's such a human story. He has a lot of Ted Lasso about him, Bobby Robson. And you're so right. Everybody loves him. Everybody's in this documentary mm. talking about him. They've got Jose Marino. They've got Ronaldo, the real Ronaldo. Not the real Ronaldo, but the best Ronaldo. Mm. Um, and they've got Sir Alex Ferguson. I mean, everybody they asked just said yes. And it's a brilliant, brilliant. It's one and a half hours. It's on Amazon Prime. And it's a really... And why would you watch it if you don't like football? Well, because it's not about football. It's just about a man's... It's You know, he had an extraordinary... Um, he has an extraordinary story. When he went to manage Ipswich Town, they've got all the old footage of the first day that he was there and he's introduced by... Who was that great football pundit? Oh, what's his name? I can't remember. Um, but it's it's all, you know... it's the, He had to do everything. You know, he had to sort the car park out. He had to sort the food out. You know, he knew everything about a football club. Fast forward 30 years later, on bended knee, the owner of Barcelona begs him to come and take over from Johan Cruyff, yeah. <laughs> who apparently is not good enough anymore. Yeah. So they want to replace him with Bobby Robson. You know, and half of the Barcelona fans love Johan Cruyff and don't want anybody to replace him, let alone Bobby Robson, who they've never heard of. And half of them can't wait for him to come. And he he's asked at his first press conference to explain, you know, how... how how he can get across to the, the doubters uh, that he's the man for the job. And so he, so he doesn't speak Spanish. And, he, and then he, he tries to explain what it's like when a US president is, is no longer president, has to step down. Somebody else has to be the next president. So he goes into that one. Uh, meanwhile, Jose Marino sitting next to him is going, I'm not sure this is working, Bobby. <laughs> In Portuguese. Yeah. And then... Jose Marino, who looks 14 at the time, has to has to interpret for Bobby for the first three years whilst learning Spanish. Not Bobby, Jose. Mm. So Jose's learning Spanish because he's Portuguese, speaks a bit of English. Bobby can just about say ole. And they still do amazing things with Barcelona. It's a great story. It's a brilliant, brilliant story. So I'm prime. You might want to watch it. Chris from Coventry, as someone that hasn't quite finished Ted Lasso, could Nate, the great, take any of the credit for West Ham winning last night? I think maybe, because West Ham have featured heavily in Ted Lasso. It's one of the most uplifting TV shows ever. Maybe the most uplifting uplifting TV show ever, um, you know, uh, up there with movies like It's a Wonderful Life and things like that. But yeah, maybe, could happen, could be part of it. Well, because West Ham's sort of star in the world is in the ascendancy because of exactly. Ted Lasso. Exactly. Um, yeah, why not? And we all know what confidence does, and we all know what people, you know, a bit of love does, a bit of recognition, mm. a bit of being heard and being seen does for anyone. Most people just want to be heard and seen. You know, that's that's. They may not have anything to say, but they they just want to know that if they did have something to say, then there would be people willing to listen. Mm. That's that's all it is. Um, West Ham were getting played off the park last night, frankly, by Fiorentina. And then they were given a penalty. And uh, a second after they scored the penalty, it was like they, they'd, it was, the tables had turned. It, you know, a shot of confidence, a massive wobble for the opposition. And that's, that's how crazy human chemistry is. Here's, um, here's a post from Apple TV. They put this out on Instagram. They're being so pesky. Apple TV Plus have put a picture out of Coach Beard... Nate, the mm. great, 
and Roy Kent in the new AFC Richmond kit after Ted has gone back to America. And all they, the only thing they put, the only words they put next to this photograph is smells like potential. OTTs. Why don't you pull at our pull at our potential future Ted Lasso viewing heartstrings? They're suggesting there's something else going on. Of course there is. You think so? Yeah, because of the book thing that I mentioned. Okay, you think it's down to your theory, <laughs> yes. which you won't stop talking about. Right, tell us about the golf quickly. Uh, so this is um, the Saudis and Live Golf taking over all of world golf, yeah. basically. Saudi so, duty. Yeah. So what did Rory McIlroy, who was the spokesperson for the PGA Tour, to his own detriment in mm -hmm. many in many respects, and who turned down four hundred million dollars to join this breakaway Live Tour? What did he make of the fact that essentially the PGA Tour have said, okay, no, fine, just buy us? So he, this is so classy. He goes. I'll tell you what it does. It unifies and secures the financial future of golf. There are mixed emotions for me. It's hard for me not to feel somewhat like a sacrificial lamb, feeling like I've put myself out there and this is what happens. But removing myself from the situation, I see how this is better for the game of golf. There's no denying it. I think, Rory, round of applause because, you know, he could have, he could have gone, he could have taken the money, he would have been fine now. So he's basically, you know, put his own career on hold for a year and a bit, talking about this, not taking the money. And then when it all comes, you know, comes back to bite him, essentially, he says, oh, no, no, fair enough. I sort of see, I see it from both sides. Well played, Rory. Yeah, well played. Very balanced. Um, not unlike the applause that you get in golf. This is exactly what he deserves, yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> very good. Polite. Yeah. <laughs> applause of equanimity. Mm. We're talking about um, how come this has happened. And um, we were talking about Tiger Woods and the fact that golf needs a new Tiger Woods. And then Vass and I were discussing the fact that, hang on a minute, no, golf's different because golf never had a Tiger Woods before. It will never have a Tiger Woods again. And we're thinking, yeah, but other sports are like that. You could say that about other sports. No, you couldn't. Maybe tennis, maybe women's tennis, maybe Serena Williams, perhaps. But boxing, okay, Ali was the greatest. But there, you know, Tyson Fury talks about as much today as Muhammad Ali was then. Muhammad Ali's stories, you know, with the draft and mm. what happened with Vietnam and all that, you know, it is legendary, you know, and it was a, a, an era and a decade of rock and roll. And it's a fascinating story. And of course, he broke down many, many barriers. But. Boxing has had a lot of other superstars since Muhammad Ali, superstars, and golf hasn't. Football, you could say, well, Pele, Pe Pele, Pele was the um, Pele was the was was the, the Tiger Woods of football. But no, because you've had Messi and you've had Messi Ma and you've Maradona. had Ronaldo and Maradona and Gaza. Oh yeah. So so golf is different. What if golf just won the sports star lottery, and they keep buying tickets, thinking they're going to win it again, but there isn't another. Tiger Woods, because Tiger Woods landed in golf almost by mistake. Maybe he could have landed, he should have landed somewhere else. But he was such an ungolfery golfer. That's what made it interesting. And as good as ever, all the other golfers are, they're golfers, and he wasn't, was he? Well, and the thing is, the thing is with golf, mm. many of the you know golf's kind of go-to audience, yes, um, have stopped being kind of middle-aged men in plus fours. Yes. And they've started being middle-aged men in Lycra and cycling instead Stop of talking golfing. talking about <laughs> just those two again. There's a wider audience out there. Yes, but is there for golf? You see the world as you see yourself. Mm. We, well, I haven't played golf for ages, have you? No. no. Maybe I, golf needs played, us back. Maybe golf needs... What? We played on Sunday. Where did you play? Uh, Wickham Heights. 
an actual golf course? Well, we played the par three. The pitch and par? Yeah. Excellent. Did you enjoy it? It was really good. The kids loved it. Okay, golf's not dead. It's official. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. It. Shouldn't yeah. have sold. <laughs> Should have stuck to your guns. <laughs> <laughs> all right, enough of all that. Uh, Marlowe, trips to Marlowe. Hello, Chris. I visited Marlowe with my mum, says Car in Eaton Bray. And daughter and dog during the half term. It was so lovely and we had the best brekkie sandwich in the park. Well, currently in the park is the fair because it's fair weekend this weekend. And it's the Marlowe Regatta this weekend. And the weather looks like it's going to be amazeballs. But they pulled down the park, the playground. They pulled down the playground on Monday. All the, all the, everything. The, ca- the castle, the boat, the roundabout. Literally disappeared overnight. There is no, and it was, it was the most attended playground I've ever seen. Sometimes... 500 to 1,000 people at this playground. And it was there on Sunday and it wasn't there on Monday. And it's not there now. How do they do that? And they'll put it back, presumably, after the weekend. No, no, they, no. This is their, they've ripped it up. Oh, they, so no more playground. No, I think they're going to reinstall newer, newer stuff, safer stuff. I they did know. that in Whitstable. Did they? Yeah. Okay. It's so, really nice. So it's going to be all right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. I mean, they didn't mention it. Well, they did in Whitstable. Okay. Kirsty and Darren says, "Happy Thursday, Chris. Happy Thursday, Kirst. Watched the last uh, sorry, I watched the last episode of Ted Lasso last night, and I was an emotional wreck. I'm thinking the next series could be about the women's team. What do you think? Well, I don't know. You know, you're talking there as if there's bound to be a next series. Apple TV Plus are teasing us with various stills, potentially pointing towards the future and more." Ted Lasso without Ted Lasso? What would they call it, I wonder? No, 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 that's the point. It's Ted Lasso. Richmond, <laughs> done. Ted goes somewhere else. That's how it's going to work. But Apple is suggesting that they carry on with their AFC Richmond because all their characters are there. See, if you lose Ted, you've still got all the others. If you go with Ted, you lose all the others. And the others were as interesting, if not more interesting than Ted, come the end of the three series run. That is a very good point and slightly <laughs> undermines my argument. So I'll pretend I didn't hear it. Kelly Nipswich says... My dad started his football career age 15 under Bobby Robson here in Ipswich. He still talks about Bobby's amazing leadership over 50 years later. You've got to watch this documentary. You've got to watch it. I haven't seen Boom Boom Boris yet. Oh, that's good. Well, I'm I'm just not sure if I want to watch it. I don't know why. I don't know why. I I think I do want to watch it. A, it's two episodes long. It's It's a longer commitment. But Bob Robson, I've always liked him. I've met him a couple of times. Um, you know, like you say, people only glow. They smi- The first thing they do when you ask somebody who knew Bobby Robson about him is they smile before they say anything. And they sort of, they sort of, they're not glazer. What's it, what's it, you know, they missed over. Yes. Um, and you have to, hello, still here, still, mm. question still needs responding to, thank you. Uh, but it's on Prime Video, Amazon Prime, and it's absolutely brilliant. Who's this? Katie and James currently in... Oh, really? Bullier Samer. Ferme, Ferme Labouche. We're listening in the Côte d'Azur this morning, having just got engaged yesterday. Could it be more romantic? At the most beautiful spot on Saint-Jean-Cafara. My fiancé, James, absolutely smashed it. I couldn't be happier. Can't wait to spend there uh, our forever together. Saint-Jean-Cafara is one of my favourite places on the planet. Um, you've named Bullier Samer, which is one of my other favourites. All you need to do now is is go up to the castle at Es, and I'm, I'm coming to get you because that's just not fair. Or <laughs> yeah. throw in Gassin, which is this beautiful mountaintop, hilltop village, yeah. just overlooking the Côte d'Azur, and maybe La Croix Valmer. And then you're, you've, you're you're having all the fun. 
Yeah. Katie, congratulations. Sorry, we're pleased for you. Yeah, the column door, throw <laughs> yeah. that one in there yeah. as well. With the best crudite you've ever had in your life. Listen to this council house kid. Um, entertainment memorabilia live auction. I'm running out of time to talk about this. It's I think it's brilliant. I love all this stuff. Give us one. Give us one well, thing that's no, cool. No, because right. you, you can't I can't because that I can't give if I give you one, it'll take me five minutes. You know what I'm like with this kind of stuff. But this, you know, I, I sort of mm. breathe this kind of oxygen. Yes. And I've already spotted a few flies in the ointment here. A few lots that you want to steer clear of. I'm not sure I want to mention those ones. I'm so tempted to. Oh, come so on. There's, there's some lots you don't want to go near, to be honest. Go on. No, it's just people chancing their arm. There are other lots that are, are amazing. Are amazing. There's all the jumpsuits from Ghostbusters, which we could buy for Jumpsuit Friday, couldn't we? <laughs> that would be cool. Do they come with the, like, the backpacks and stuff? Well, no, but no, they don't. But we don't care because we just want the jumpsuit. I mean, look at them. Look, who does? We could be the Ghostbusting oh, yes. jump. See, now I'm talking about it. How much are they? They're not that expensive. I'm not going to say how much they are. They're just not. <laughs> they're just not that expensive. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, this is the Chris Evans Show with Cinch, who don't just offer great quality cars, but also great quality service with a dedicated customer service team available seven days a week. Plus, there's a Cinch app, as if cinch.co.uk isn't enough. You can browse thousands of cars with the app, filter your searches, and buy your next car in just a few taps. The app is on Google Play and App Store. You can search, shop, and pay for your next car all in the Cinch app. It's so easy, it couldn't be easier. And, of course, you get all the same benefits like free home delivery and a 14-day money-back guarantee no questions asked other than where would you like the money sending back try it out download the cinch app today our next guest is so good she's so good she just told me what to do um with regards to my own show which i'd forgotten (laughs) (laughs) and this is what she does for a living what what was it i'll tell you later (laughs) all right vasos why don't you give her the big intro that she so deserves. She virtually wrote the book on success in sport and now she's writing the novel. Her fictional debut, The Wild Card, is out today. So please welcome a woman we all 15, 30 and 40 love. It's the one and only Judy Murray. <laughs> oh, that was a good one, wasn't it, Judy? I love it. Did you dream that up? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Brilliant. He has a team of writers, unlike yourself, uh, Judy. Uh, Judy Murray's The Wild Card, Judy Murray's debut novel. Did you ever think this would happen, Judy? (laughs) No, I don't really think I did. Having said that, when I did my memoir all those years ago, 2017, I think, which of course was chronological and factual, Mm -hmm. I loved the whole process of it and I loved the literally literary world. You know, the whole booksellers, the book festivals. I loved all of that. Yeah. So actually, when I got the chance to kind of dip my toe back into that world again, I went, yep. And also because they say only write about what you know. I mean, what do I know? Tennis. <laughs> yeah. But you love the nuts and bolts of anything you do, don't you? Yeah, I think I do. that's the thing about... I mean, I, I'm not dissimilar... 
you know, if I like something, I'm all in. And then if I don't, it's not that I dislike it. It's just that, you know, I can't even, I almost can't even engage with it. Don't want to. Leave it to somebody else. Enjoy it immensely. But if I love something, I'm straight in the deep end. Are you the same? I think think absolutely like that. And if it's something you want to do, you you do it to the best of your ability and you become a geek about it. You know, you research it and you you take advice from here. You know, for me, that's what it was like doing the book because I hadn't, done a fiction book before and you realise it can be anything you want it to be your imagination can run riot but also you need to bring in your experts to help you to get it as right as you can get it and that's my world of coaching you know if you want to your player to become the best they can be you need the physios and the fitness trainers and you know all the rest of it so yeah I had some great help from my publishers the women's fiction editor was absolutely brilliant because she knows what sells in books and uh yeah, it's it's been a great experience. I've loved it. But I have loved witnessing you, the coach, being coached, um, not just now in books, but also in dancing and Strictly. That you know, didn't work, though, did it? No, it didn't work, <laughs> but you enjoyed the process. I did, I That's loved it. That's the point. Yeah. And the whole Anton Dubeck friendship, which is now lifelong and everlasting, has come back again to do with the books because Anton is on his fifth novel and he used to send his books to you to proofread yeah he did um when he sent me his first one and said have a read of this tell me tell me what you think and i am a grammar spelling vocabulary geek and i love reading and i loved his book but i sent it back with all these red (laughs) marks through it and i'm sure he was absolutely thrilled about that not expecting that at all he's probably expecting me to go yeah it's brilliant love it blah 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 and it was that typo here to use this word too many times you know stuff like like that but I loved that part of it as well but that led us into a conversation of you know his love of ballroom and his knowledge of the history of ballroom Which jumps dancing. off the page absolutely and it, that was it was him who said to me you should think about doing one that's set in the tennis world because the readers love the inside scoop you know the behind the scenes how does it all work what does um what does your player or ballroom dancer feel in this situation when you're about to step out into an uncomfortable situation centre court for the first time for example Um, and that was what got me got me started and he introduced me to his literary agent who happened to be a Scot and we got on like a house on fire and it really evolved from there so he is to blame Anton Dubeck is to blame for my novel debut well or to thank (laughs) I've got to tell you there's a movie here there's TV shows here this is it reads like a screenplay anyway Judy Murray The Wild Card it's out today this is going to be a number one bestseller guaranteed no question about it it's absolutely fantastic you speak to the behind the scenes world of of any kind of elite um, environment and we just touched upon before we came on the air drive to survive because that's what that does and that's we are fascinated by these people who are so good what they do on the biggest stages in the world and then when we're allowed to peep behind the curtain you know how do they do normal how does normal affect them how does it help them are they more comfortable in front of the world some people are than they are in real life they find what they do the the god-given talent um that they sort of employ deploy um on a sort of daily basis they find that easier to inhabit than the real world at large and you said that some of your girly pals are now in love with Formula One because of Drive to Survive and they wouldn't give it the time of day before. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely gripped by the whole thing and really buying into the characters. You feel like you really get to know them and what they're up against. And these would be female friends of mine who would have shown no interest in Formula One ever before and are now following the circuit. And that's brilliant. 
Yeah, and you talk about, you know, you talk about, you t- like you take everything for granted as far as your, like the locker room would be, for example, and then you start to write about it thinking, no, this is actually so interesting. I actually know so much about this. And in the first few drafts, you you said that it was almost too nerdy. You had to pull the nerd back. I think we could do with more nerd. <laughs> uh, tell us about what that that happened, how that I, happened. I think in the, in the first drafts, I probably overdid the tennis part of it. Right. You know, the, and that's the coach in me yeah. thinking that everybody wants to hear about the slice backhands and the what you did at 1540 and all, all of this yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. And actually, when when I went through it with the, the women's editor at Orion Charlotte, she said to me, Judy, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I think there's just a bit too much tennis, too yeah. much of the match stuff. And the more I read over it, I was thinking, you know, I think she's right because not everybody understands the nitty gritty of the playing of the match, yeah. but love the occasion the sense of the occasion and uh, you know the preparation for the match and so forth just like you're saying with drive to survive and it was the same with andy's documentary that he did resurfacing where he explored you know all his injury and all the operations and what he went through and he one of his big reasons for doing that was to encourage other athletes to share behind the scenes what you go through when you're injured yeah. and the psyche the the physical and the emotional turmoil behind that and that was a real opening up I mean they showed they showed his operation it was unbelievable what he did with that and I suppose you know with with my book the the wild card I also saw um an opportunity to raise awareness of some of the challenges and issues that still exist for women in sport not just in tennis so um yeah, it it was a it was a great experience trying to weave it all together. No, you still, you, I mean, you're talking about um, about the the lack of female coaches to this day in in not only in women's tennis but in women's other sports as well, and that comes to the fore in this. Let's talk about your heroine, shall we? Actually, Rachel, you're chief reader on this. You're on chapter five, aren't you? I'm on chapter five. I absolutely love it. I I read like a like a person who's obsessed with books, and so I got this yesterday, <laughs> and I just got through the first five chapters. I, I, it's such a great combination of you've got all those elements immediately. You've got a great main character. She's got a backstory. I love how we're jumping back and forth in time. There is so much intrigue. I have so many questions. She's got a best friend. There's somebody else. You can already sense a little frisson of there could be a romantic liaison somewhere here. You're wondering what happened then, eighteen years ago. And then you have that layer of the tennis. So it's like a great novel, a great storyline. But your editor did very well to get you to that point with the tennis where I'm not a huge tennis fan. I like it. I watch it. I don't understand all the rules. But I'm loving the sense of occasion. I'm loving those real insider uh, stories that you're given, like, you know, that quote in, in Wimbledon that you see before you walk out into centre court. Like, you're describing it all. What is that quote again, Vassos? If you can meet with triumph and disaster and meet those two imposters just the same. And I feel because I because it's you who's writing it. I know that that is exactly what that changing room must look like, yeah, and on. I feel like I'm getting the inside skinny on it all. It's brilliant. Tell I love more, it. So we can say a bit about it, can't we? So so this is about a female tennis player who's been brilliant, left the sport for a long, long time for reasons we can go into or not, depending on how much of the story you want to tell, and then comes back. What more would you like to? How how much more would you like to tempt people in with? Yeah, I think it, you know it's the t- it's the tale of Abigail Patterson, and as you say, Rachel, it goes back and forward, the past to the present. The present 
And what kicks the book off is her driving to her first appearance on Centre Court at Wimbledon, the thing she's dreamt of from when she was a little girl and which she never thought would happen after she was forced to quit the game when she was 17 as she was one of the most promising juniors in Britain, forced to give up and 20 years later finds herself the recipient of a wild card into the pre-qualifying event, which is all British, for Wimbledon and makes her way all the way through to the main draw and is suddenly making a debut on the centre court. And the so, you know, it explores the all the angst of the teenage years and the difficulty of finding your way through the circuits as a junior who doesn't have much support in terms of family or money. And then you have her making her debut on the centre court and the spotlight that then becomes shone on her. She's suddenly in the public eye and this secret that she's kept hidden for best part of 20 years threatens to come to the surface and that for me is that tennis players female or male they are so exposed to the media because after every match you play win or lose you have to face the media in a press conference you know it's huge so these are all things that are new to her that she's having to deal with she can deal with them better as an older person but this secret she's terrified that suddenly the secret comes out because the media and social media are all trying to have a piece of her and that's when her her friends surround her and you know, it's that whole thing of family and friends are more important than fame and fortune. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which you know better than, any, not anybody else, but most of the people on the planet yeah. um, having been there. Now, it's a two-book deal. So um, <laughs> <laughs> are there other ideas simmering away on the hob? Well, you know, I had always thought that the second book would be a murder. It would be definitely <laughs> going to be a murder. I love, because the, I love those the way you are say the, it. Those are the kind of... I know, it's, there's going to be a murder. Um, and I, I really had that in my head, that it would be something completely different. It would still be set within a tennis, a tennis world, not necessarily top end of tennis. But um, it's very interesting that so many of the people who have pre-read, if that's right, or proofread the yeah. book before it's come out, have said to me, oh, you need to do a sequel. We need to know what's happened to Abby and her gang around yeah. her. So now I'm thinking, oh, maybe... So we'll wait and see. Let's wait and see. Well, what's happening there is, isn't it? This, the first story is so good. And so it's a solid story. It's a solid story. You know, it's not shallow and dressed up to be, you know, Judy's famous, so let's give her a book and she writes about tennis and we know this format works. I mean, th there is a certain commercial side of that going on, but it's a solid story, so solid that it's telling you what it's the next part of it wants to be, which is apparently how real writers do this stuff, isn't it? They write their characters so well, the the stories are so believable, the fans, the readers' engagement in them is so sort of um, so sort of palpable and so 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 uh, so deep. It's there's a real connection there that they're going no no no. The murder can wait. There may not there may never be a murder, um, but it's good that you feel like that. Yeah, yeah, I. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm feeling a murder. I think I, I feel. <laughs> I feel like something. With a murder. Yeah, I, I, so many of the books that I read are psychological thrillers. Yeah, and I think I've got a psychological thriller in me next. You are a big reader. You love reading. <laughs> I don't am. You? What is it? How does it feel to have this book out? It's um, It's actually amazing. I went into a bookshop look, in Wimbledon yesterday, and I saw it on. On, on a table amongst many others and that was incredible for me just like wow it's there it's in a bookshop I love it yeah but it's in a bookshop in Wimbledon I, I mean boom <laughs> 
Come on. It's so cool. French Open going on at the moment. Have you, of course you've been watching. I, I presume you've been watching. I, no, I don't know. I haven't. No, not really. Um, Jamie was... Andy skipped it to concentrate yeah. on the grass. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jamie was playing and he had to pull out a few days ago. He had a dodgy octopus, got food poisoning and um, was really very, very poorly. So I haven't really paid a lot of attention to it. Well, I've been watching this. I just like watching it. It's just a very colourful... Because of the clay, it jumps off the screen. You know what I mean? And um, we were talking about the host coverage, Eurosports host coverage of it, because the players now step off the court and they virtually step into the studio, which is in another country, and they're interviewed in the studio by the hosts. Very clever, isn't it's it? It's unbelievable. And John McEnroe, of course, is there. He's there, isn't he, courtside? And Mats Volander is there as well. Mm. Game set and Mats. Game set yeah. and Mats. Yes. You know this. he does that thing. You know that. I do. Yeah, I um, do. You know there's an amazing... Um, docu-series I suppose you would call it it's on Apple TV it's called The Gods of Tennis right. I was watching it last night with Jamie the first episode is Billie Jean King and Arthur Ashe the oh second episode is the McEnroe Borg years mm. if you're a if you're a tennis fan you have to watch that it's absolute gold dust because it, again it's the behind the scenes yeah. of um, you know and it's taking you back in time well yeah it's the behind the scenes which is great anyway if it's filmed here in the now but that nostalgic grainy footage it really is like a time machine isn't it yeah, it you is. sit there I watched the Bobby Robson documentary last night on um, Amazon Prime mm -hmm. same kind of thing it just takes you back because it it takes you back to what their life was and what your life was when that was going on because you remember those that news footage or whatever it was mm -hmm. or that particular point you remember watching it at home you think oh god I remember how I was I remember oh look at in the press photos for this you are you're in a lovely white trouser suit but you've got a wooden racket going on and just when I see a wooden tennis racket you know or a, a, a wooden wood in golf because now they're metal woods what the heck you know we just said that was all right didn't we one day you know it just takes you back doesn't it straight yeah. away yeah, it really does. And it took me back watching, um, when I watched the early Billie Jean King, when she had the wooden racket, and I was thinking, oh, the head of the racket's so small, small. and they were so heavy. Yeah. And the game was understandably different back then and so much slower compared to well, what yeah, we see I now. Know. And the sweet spot was smaller. And if you miss hit the ball, it really hurt your hands. And it's the same in golf, because mm -hmm. they used to play with blades instead of cavity back. And it was the same with footballs themselves, where if you had a game of footy with a real leather football that wasn't pumped up properly and it was a particularly mm -hmm. wet day, it's like kicking a cannonball. Forget yeah. about heading it. Take your head off. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. The, the changes in equipment yeah. over the years have really changed many sports and better for the amateur because it makes it all more doable, accessible more doable yeah, more doable yeah bigger bowling golf 1.68 inches as opposed to 1.62 don't get me started i love you there <laughs> um uh, judy uh judy murray's the wild card life is a game of two halves is out today um i i think it's going to be nailed on number one what rachel's going to do is press the pause button and leave it for five Six weeks. Yeah, I want Six to keep weeks it for my summer holiday. Just, take it because it's the sort of one I just I want to just sit down and read it all in one go. I don't I don't want to be like eking it out on the tube journey home. Yeah. <laughs> well, can I? Can I? Because I I have I finished it. I I, I actually thought about doing <laughs> the Rachel <laughs> thing, and I finished the whole thing. And having finished the whole thing, and having basically fallen a bit in love with Abby, don't kill her off in the next sequel. <laughs> well, hang on a minute. Didn't say, she, Judy didn't say she was going to get murdered. Should yeah. there will be a murder? I'm not. I'm not killing her. <laughs> I'm wondering what happens at the U.S. Open. <laughs> Wait and see. Oh my gosh! Dun dun dun! How do you think? Um, what shape is tennis in at the moment? Not getting too serious about it at all. Just colourfully. Um, you know, uh, what, what's going on? 
Well, I mean, global tennis-wise, yep. on the men's side, yep. there's there are a number of really good young players coming through. I think Carlos Alcaraz, uh, the young Spaniard. And what to... about the way we portray it, though? The way that we broadcast it, the way it's 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 watched, it's observed. What do you think about the whole show, the tennis? Because because Formula One is, is literally you can do this. Yeah. with something as hot as tennis. Yeah, I mean, t- tennis did come out with a series called, I think it's called Breakpoint. Right. I watched a little bit of it and I, it didn't get great reviews. Right. The the golf one, Full Swing, yeah. was better. Yeah. But the Formula One one is, this, that's the bar. And I wonder I wonder how come they can get it right but other sports yeah. can't. What's the, what's the intrigue that that has that the others are missing, do you think? I think in the tennis one, I think it's the characters that they chose, the, the players that they chose. I think a lot of them were not well enough known. You know, public didn't recognise them, the other guys didn't like, identify why do we need to do them. this? We don't need to do it. Yeah, and, yeah it is. Yeah, if you, if you're one of the biggest, you you do your own thing. You have your own PR machine, your own social media, or you are winning all the time, and that does your PR for yeah, you. Yeah, of course. So yeah, I think it, they didn't get it right with the players. Oh, what about Boom Boom Boris? Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Uh, but Jamie was telling me yeah. about that, and he said you really need to watch yeah, that. Yeah, Fastest so, has said I've got to watch yeah, it as well. Yeah, must see that. Great, Judy. Uh, listen, thanks for putting us on your schedule today because I know you're really busy I'm really grateful <laughs> I would never turn down mm, your schedule I know but I'm really <laughs> honestly I, you have to be grateful about these things uh, because because I am grateful that you came I, on the I show. also love the fact that the French Open semi-finals are on today and you're wearing a clay co- coloured <laughs> top it, I, said, I love that you know I said this last night I said my top matches the telly <laughs> so I thought I'd wear it again today I thought the same thing you know there's something you know there's something in that don't you is there? Yeah, when you start to see life in connections like that, you know you've got something else going on. Yeah, it's called something, but I can't remember the scientific name for it. Oh, interesting. You match situations to colours. You match numbers to trees. Do you do that? No. No, no I don't do that bit either <laughs> yet. But what is he talking about? There's a science behind it. I'll find okay. out what it is. I'll prove it to you. Judy, you're awesome. We love you. Thank you for um, having me. Bring on the next... Have you started to... to to sort of assemble the next one in your your life? I have, actually. I have. All right. Judy Murray, The Wild Card. Life is a Game of Two Halves. Film or Netflix series? What do you want this to be? Oh, I'd like a Netflix series, please. I'd quite like a film. No, no, no. I I want longer. Thank you. All right. Well, Judy will decide. Judy will let us know. Hmm. All right. Give our best to the family, Judy. (laughs) I will. You're always welcome here. Great to have Judy Murray on the show. Her book is out today. It's called The Wild Card. Vanessa, jump on this mic here. Jump on this mic quickly. Okay, how big a just there? How big a Russell Brand fan are you? I am Russell Brand's number one fan. He's my hero. I love him so much. I watch him every day, and I just can't. I'm so excited. And also, you love a bit of MMA. I'm a huge MMA fan. Huge jiu-jitsu, martial arts, or combat sports. Uh, and you pl- you you play jiu-jitsu. What I do you do? Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I do MMA. I do kickboxing and boxing. Yeah. Well, here's your man, Russell oh, Brand. Russell Brand. I'm Hello. Uh, Russell, this is Vanessa who does our hair and makeup. Hi, Vanessa. You Hi, look Russell. terrific today, and so does everyone else, I suppose, more importantly. <laughs> Massive Brazilian jiu-jitsu fan and MMA, MMA fan. fan. Come yeah. closer to the microphone oh, again. yeah, OK. OK, what would you like to say? Exchange. Oh, Russell, I'm a huge fan. I love your work. I think you're an inspiring human being, and I'm just really pleased that you exist. Oh, God, that's so lovely to hear that as soon as <laughs> I arrived what a uh, welcome. on the show. Thank you. What a beautiful, sincere welcome. You like the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, do you? Yeah, she does it. MMA, she does it. jiu-jitsu. Keep oh, it's boxing. terrific, isn't it? Wonderful exercise. It's invigorating. It's <laughs> connecting. It's beautiful. It's magical. It's kind of like a combative dance. Yeah, it is actually. I mean, it's great. It's great physical contact. It teaches you to be a student, teaches you to be a teacher and just a better human being. It's discipline. 
I'm getting my daughters doing it. Puts them in their bodies, lets them know how to protect themselves. Yeah. It's brilliant. I love it. Okay, and you caught up on the last Rumble episode of I did this Russell. morning. It was hilarious. She, she watches I loved it. your show before working on our show. I think I that's it prob- it's good preparation, I would say, <laughs> for the day's events. Prepare yourself by watching my show, then nothing that happens here will surprise nothing you. Nothing will bother me. I can just sit there and just question everyone's makeup that I do. Yeah. <laughs> All conspiracies until the conspiracy facts. Round of applause for Vanessa. Thanks, Woo! Vanessa. And yeah. uh, big intro for Russell now, please, Vassars. Our next guest would have the mother of all hangovers this morning, except he doesn't drink anymore. He swapped drinking bubbles for blowing bubbles as West Ham won the Europa League last night. He's also got a festival and a comedy special up his sleeve, so please welcome a very happy hammer who's never bland. It's Russell Brown. Oh, Russell. Thank you. Thank you for introducing me. Thank okay, you so, so much. Okay, so tell us how you feel after last night's um, amazing performance by your beloved hammers there the joy has been released <laughs> it must have been somewhere else and now it's been released where was that joy where was the joy before we felt it where was the dignity and honor before its revelation the greatness of declan rice the beauty of jared bowen do you know this is a thing that you all love chris both david moyes and declan rice said that the moment that uh, jared bowen received the pass from paquetta they both went it's your moment. But they were separate from one another. On the touchline, David Moyes goes, it's your moment. And Declan Rice said, he goes, I said it to myself. I said it out loud. It's your moment. <laughs> it's beautiful. As if beneath the visible world and the material world, there is an ulterior beauty waiting to be released through ceremony and through action. That's why uh, West Ham are on fire. Jared Bowen's on fire. <laughs> I can't even complete that rhyme because the, the anthem it of this... It completes itself. It completes itself, certainly on this station. How do you watch your West Ham? Where, where, where is, where's the environ? I watch a lot of football completely alone. I like to sort of sit and concentrate. But last night I had like... All of my friends that I knew that are West Ham fans I invited, as well as a couple of Arsenal fans, a Nottingham Forest fan, even a Tottenham fan came in. <laughs> we watched it. We watched it in a in a, a barn right. on a big screen, right. beautifully decorated by Brian and some of the people that I work with. I sat on a pew, formerly like it would have been used in a church. My dad, Ronnie Brand, when celebrating the goal, I've, I've been calling him this morning. I, f- I think he's broke his ribs <laughs> celebrating, <laughs> clattered to the floor. Also, some non-football fans. Our, our mutual friend Mark W. He came along saying, "That's the first game of football I've watched for maybe ever." He really enjoyed himself. He pointed out the histrionics and the theatrics. Right. He sort of fitted right in. He had a really lovely time. Our mutual, beautiful friend, Mark W, who we know I stayed listening. up to watch the football last night, which I never do. I love I love football. I love staying up to watch things that are amazing, you know, the, the unscripted, amazing, spontaneous yeah. things. And, but, but I never do because it's never worth it because I get up at four o'clock the next day. But I did, A, because I was just excited for West Ham, B, because you were coming on the show anyhow, and I, I knew we'd be talking about it. But were you, like me, a little bit worried for the first half an hour because Fiorentina I mean they didn't threaten the West Ham goal but they did seem to just have the ball all the time look I'm not an expert in understanding tactics and strategy but it's clear that Fiorentina are a more possession based team and West Ham in this tournament in particular have sat back and let teams come at them a little bit so whilst it was jittery and nervy (laughs) that first 15 minutes it also could be regarded certainly in retrospect as part of a glorious master plan yay (laughs) David Moyes what a master Uh, 
Um, what do you think of David Moyes? Obviously, you now today you love him. Um, he he had a terrible time. He was brilliant at Everton. Terrible. He had a terrible time. Torrid time at Man U. It was a poison chalice, yeah. Man U, wasn't it? No one could have done anything there. What I think about him is he's an honourable man. Yeah. These are the things I think about with David Moyes. He's a devout Christian, loves the Lord. He votes, as I understand, in accordance with the principles of social responsibility and taking care of one another. During COVID, he delivered like food to old people, and a cruel person might say he could have started by delivering some food to himself. But a less cruel person <laughs> would say... He's only 60. He's, uh, he's only 60. He's only 60. He's a man, you saw him, that little jig at the yeah. end, yeah. sprinting to celebrate the fans. I think he's a really decent, beautiful bloke. You played football recently for the first time in a long time, didn't you? How mm. was that? It was like being confronted with a thousand childhood wounds <laughs> on a five-a-side pitch in Reading. Physical and mental. Yeah, it really sort of... It, what I recognise, Chris, is I don't deliberately, frequently put myself in positions where my ineptitude is exposed to me. But in that situation, I did. I enjoyed it. It was sort of lovely and convivial and congenial. And I played with men that I'm in recovery with. So everyone understands what they're dealing with, the vulnerability. But there's, let's say there's a variety of abilities. Some people are very good. And some people may have learned their football skills, how do I put this delicately, behind the door at His Majesty's pleasure. Right. And those people seem to be at a particular advantage compared to those of us that are a little more vulnerable. How did you play? Um, what position did you inhabit? And what was your highlight of the game? I scored a good goal on a half volley. I had two assists, one back heel, and two of my errors definitely led to conceding goals. That's the, that's the sort of highlight. Half volley, but you take a half volley, wouldn't you? Yeah, I was really, really pleased with that. Left that foot was... or right foot? Right. Right foot, OK. Yeah, Excellent. I just had to check my anatomy. I had a dream last night about football um, because I was so footballed up. Mm. And I watched the Bobby Robertson documentary before I watched the West Ham game, which is excellent. It's the same thing, isn't it? It's There's a beauty in oh. him. He cared deeply and he brought things out of people. He connected to deep love. It's Sarah, the, the, the Football is many things, of course. It is a sport and simply a game. It is a business, and that threatens to capsize everything, but it is a ceremony in which people are able to access unity, and even the competition and the tribalism is in an acceptable context. It gives rise to figures like Bobby Robson, who's about nourishing masculinity, kindness, being a beautiful, benevolent father, looking after vulnerable people. I can see that you're moved, and you're probably thinking about Paul Gascoigne, I imagine, and the way that he, the way he nurtured him and loved him and recognised that he was daft as a brush famously but a genius also um his, his most famous number two of course was jose Mourinho, who looks about 12 in this documentary oh yeah uh, it's fast that that whole partnership is fascinating and everybody there yeah i presume you haven't seen the bobby robson documentary i think i did jose Mourinho was just meant to be translating now knowing what we know about <laughs> jose Mourinho now i bet he weren't just translating i bet he was adding his own spin it's a bit socrates and plato isn't it that was what's going on there i think that's what it was i, I think, think that... he was maybe adding stuff yeah i'm not saying that bobby just but a... your number two is gareth isn't it tell people who gareth is gareth roy is from hull gareth roy, if you ever work in a, a corporate or commercial environment you might be invited to do these uh, like sort of fill in a form where they evaluate your personality and what type of character you are oh this person's maybe a little hot headed this is a person who works well with others and they'll represent where you are on a sort of a 
pie chart of colour, kind of a sort of a visual swatch, as it were, right? And me, I sat right in the red of on this colour chart, and Gareth sat deep, deep in the blue. In the organisation that we work at, we were sort of the furthest apart. But Gareth is my writing partner. We do our show on Rumble every day. What is Rumble five. for people who don't know? Rumble is an online platform dedicated to free speech. It's a YouTube-like platform where people can criticise the establishment quite freely, and that's what I do on there, as well as a lot of hijinks, skullduggery and silliness. And Gareth and I do the show together, talk through the news. Gareth makes sure that I don't lean into my tendency to say, bring down the establishment! Everything's corrupt! <laughs> wait, wait. Is In there any voice, ev- by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's my voice. Is there any... Gareth might say, is there any evidence, or is this a hunch? <laughs> it's a hunch, baby! Let's go with it! These hunches will take us to the top. So Gareth is a, a rigorous journalist, a very good footballer, and a fine compadre. Annoyingly handsome. He's very handsome. Oh, yeah. what, how, what's his following like? Because he must have one. I'm trying to sort of limit it by not allowing him on social media <laughs> and uh, rumour mongering. What are you brandishing, Brand? I'm brandishing, like, you know, obviously I'm here to, because uh, I love you, but also to promote some things. But I thought, why not promote Aldous Huxley's book, The Perennial Philosophy, given to me by the great actor Tim Spall. I love that bloke, Tim Spall. He's a sprite of the river. I was reading it this morning in preparation of meeting you. And if you, how, how long can you indulge me for if I speak? As long as you like. Uh, this is for, this this piece of writing is by Chuang Zhu, I reckon it's pronounced, although it's difficult to say, because I'm from Essex and the person that wrote this was from what is now China. I don't know what it was then. <laughs> yeah. uh, Prince Hui's cook was cutting up a bullock. That's bullock, everyone. Every blow of his knife, every heave of his shoulders, every tread of his foot, every whoosh of rent flesh, every chook of the chopper was in perfect harmony, rhythmical like the dance of the Mulberry Grove, simultaneous like the chords of the Ching Su. Well done, cried the prince. Yours is skill indeed, sire, replied the cook. I have always devoted myself to Tao. It is better than skill. When I first began to cut up bullocks, that's bullocks, I saw before me simply whole bullocks. After three years' practice, I saw no more whole animals, and now I work with my mind and not with my eye. When my senses bid me stop but my mind urges me on, I fall back upon eternal principles. I follow such openings or cavities as there may be according to the natural constitution of the animal. I do not attempt to cut through joints, still less through large bones. A good cook changes his chopper once a year because he cuts. An ordinary cook once a month because he hacks. But I have had this chopper 19 years and though I have cut up many thousands of bullocks, that's bullocks, its edge is as if fresh from the whetstone, for at the joints there are always interstices, and the edge of the chopper being without thickness, it remains only to insert that which is without thickness into such an interstice. By these means, the interstice will be enlarged and the blade will find plenty of room. It is thus that I have kept my chopper for 19 years, as though fresh from the whetstone. Nevertheless, when I come upon a hard part where the blade meets with a difficulty, I am all caution. I fix my eyes on it. I stay my hand and gently apply the blade until until with a hua the part yields like earth crumbling to the ground. Then I withdraw the blade and stand up and look around and at last I wipe my chopper, don't be childish, and put it away carefully. Bravo, cried the prince. From the words of this cook, I have learned how to take care of my life. Chuang Zhu. Boom. What do you take from that? 
that you must not become absorbed by how things appear to be. You must recognize them as they are. We are trained in systems. We are trained not to observe things as they actually are. Occasionally, the real makes itself unignorable. Bobby Robson's grace and beauty, a last minute goal by Jared Bowen. And suddenly it is revealed that all is beautiful. All is perfect. There is no need to be afraid. All things are connected. Jiu-jitsu, which we discussed there with the beautiful Vanessa, is about attacking the joints. What happens in the joints, in the liminal spaces? What happens at dusk? What happens at dawn in the gaps between the day and the night? What happens in the in-between spaces? in the gaps between the words in the silence in the spaces between people there god is there we must find god however you describe the god. fullness is the space isn't it we think it's the space is the gaps but it's not it's the other way around i think you're right chris evans <laughs> <laughs> well uh, richard dawkins would see all those particles of oh, course it's just, it's just particles <laughs> he came on richard dawkins for a conversation now richard dawkins let's face it is a genius and a professor of evolutionary biology and yeah. i'm simply a man from essex but i quarreled with him regardless yeah, he's not one for david bowie i would imagine i'm not having that he's like a uh, professor Yaffle what from is Bacchus. his what is his sort of principal mindset standing what what is his point that he believes in materialism, that right. all things can be measured and evaluated and that the senses are sufficient to answer in conjunction with the mind and in some cases amplification, i.e. a telescope or a microscope, all the questions that they are. He denies the possibility of an unknowable mystery. I say that knowledge is limitless. Our capacity for knowledge is limited, therefore we will always require faith. At some point we will have to enter into the Tao, the unknowable. Otherwise it just seems like you've just got to hack stuff up with a knife without noticing that it's already falling apart. And it's more fun. It's more... Also, yeah, that's very important. I think that's the most important point. I'm a bit disappointed that you made it. Because <laughs> actually it's a very practical thing. Yes. If you act as if love is the most important thing in the world, if God is the most important thing in the world, mm. then that is the most important thing in the world. You make it so. He has no hands but ours. We manifest God if through our behaviour and through our actions. If we say no, the only thing that matters is rational discourse. These are the resources. This is the way to run a system. These are the people that should have power. These people shouldn't have power. These are the institutions that you can trust. These are the institutions you can't trust. You end up in a place where a lot of people are without power or purchase. When you believe in grace, when you believe in God, then it becomes necessary to look after everybody. It becomes absolutely necessary. I mean, they do say, some people say, don't they, that scientists don't change their minds so they just die because they become so entrenched in their position that they can't really because it's their life's work and they'd be setting fire to it. Do you, see, do you think he's, he's there? Which is a curiously dogmatic position and, and I would say comparable to the uh, dogma that preceded it in religion. It was necessary for the dogma that preceded the genius of, say, Galileo to yield to the evident observations made by people that have made those kind of scientific advances. But where we are now, I think, is at a new interstice, a new intersectional point where we have to recognise that the domain of the measurable and the known the practical has to be afforded its own domain, but then there is the mystery. How do we cope with the mystery? How do we deal with love? How do we deal with emotion? We have to make space for it. We do this through ritual, through ceremony, and as you pointed out, Chris, annoyingly, annoyingly, by 
admitting that it's there by allowing it to be there, not foreclosing on the possibility of a better future, not foreclosing on the possibility of real change at the level of the individual, the community, the nation, the world. Well, what I think is interesting about it as well is the fact that we, we learn one, one day that we can click our fingers, right? And I think that in a similar... Um, noticing ourselves being able to click our fingers moment we thought oh we can know some stuff mm. but it's just a bigger version of clicking your fingers we can know some stuff but let's not mistake that for oh we can know everything it's just a fun bit of what we can do but that's it as i pointed out to the great professor in my conversation with him on <laughs> rumble each time science reaches a new summit it defines it as epochal and insurpassable. Oh, oh, actually, the world is round. Oh, actually, there are these things called atoms. Scratch that, not atoms. There's smaller particles. Scratch that. Down in the quantum world with the Liptons and the bosons, it all falls apart into mad poetry, and things are simultaneously there, not there, both and neither. It seems that consciousness is a component of the smallest observable level of material reality. At least consciousness participates in it. And... I haven't understood quantum physics because no one understands quantum physics. They say uh, if you think you've understood quantum physics, then you really haven't understood quantum physics. But it seems that the laws of our universe are not entirely in accordance with Newtonian physics, Einsteinian physics or any physical model. Except for sort of some of the things that appear to pour out of the Bhagavad Gita and the Mahabharata yeah. and the, the the mystic rantings of sages, contemporary and ancient. The thing about Einstein at the moment is that people are saying there's one person in particular, I can't remember his name, he's very clever though, and he's saying that every time you try and apply or include Einstein's um, theory of relativity as a, what do they call it, when something's beautiful in physics, they, an elegant um, tool to whatever you're trying to prove, it doesn't work and he may have got it wrong. But everybody's yeah. too scared to say it. Um, we've got to plug your things so you're into plug. <laughs> what, what do you want to say? I am participating in this festival called Community. Oh, no, you're in charge of that one. I like I'm not that in charge. One. The people in that room are in charge. If wow. I was in charge, there would not be a festival. <laughs> There'll be a man crying in a okay. meadow near they are the letting River you Wye. pretend you're in charge of this festival. Community, 14th to the 17th of July. Yes. Hay on Y. Camping festival, three days. Wim Hof will do breath work. Vandana Shiva, there will be yoga, individual awakening, collective awakening. Uh, there is some money, but can't we give like, the, but the, all of the money we raise, we give to drug addicks and alcoholics and mentally ill people. Not, that are making, not, to, buy, not to buy drugs. We've it. actually stipulated that they mustn't do that. <laughs> They've got to make an effort. We've, we've been very clear. You can't just use it for more drugs. No, you idiots. You've misunderstood. Is that percent is that where you are with that now? Yeah, that's what we're doing that's it so for. That's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what, that's what we're doing well it done. for. And I think I want to make this pledge. What if people work oh, for... No. <laughs> what if people <laughs> work... Look now. I say we put aside right now yes. 10 tickets for anyone that's a black cab driver. I say we put aside 10 tickets for anyone who's been on strike this year for uh, don't because of uh, like uh, the NHS stuff or the teacher stuff. I say for them, 20 tickets each. And like if people want the tickets, they can have them. There are more important things than money in this world, like my ego. Right, and um, any of the West Ham team listening, do they get a ticket? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyone mildly affiliated. David Moyes. Going right back to night. Come and share your guru wisdom. Frank McAvenny, Alan Devonshire. We'll go take that back to like 1960. And what about the um, stand-up special? 
Oh, yeah. If you want to see me doing stand-up comedy, you can. Go to russellbrand.com. There's this uh, special that I did about the last three years. It's called Brandemic, and it's available on Moment House. Okay. Moment House. Is that right? Am I promoting it correctly? So Thank they're you. the big two plugs, I suppose. I mean, you're not really here for this. You're here to go on Simon and Jim's show at 11 o'clock on Talk Sport. Yeah, but because it seems improper to come to London <laughs> and not see you, yes. not visit you here in your tower. Because we hardly ever see each other. So that's... Not nearly enough. No, I agree. Entirely. I believe I saw you pass me on a bicycle recently. I are couldn't we, be sure if it was you. the air. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> Look, be the best version of yourself. living our lives. Overcome the past. Learn to love one another. Yeah. Love yourself. Love the future. And all I thought afterwards was, oh, I wasn't peddling. But that's because it was downhill. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> just, that's why. I just uh, want you to know that. Even gravity lays broken at his feet. I've got to go to the sales thing um, and speak to these people about advertising. I'll help. Uh, well, I know, but you, you love, you're good at all that stuff. It's at 20 past 10, it's at City Hall, so you're busy, you'll have to wait nope. here. No, I insist. <laughs> Ah. Is it with the team at News International, the Overlords, or it's, is it still within Virgin? It's no, it's it's with the team, and it's also with Apple and Microsoft and all those other people. I'll help. I oh, know. Um, th they've sent me a list of things they want to talk about, um, uh, and one is: uh, has it ever gone horribly wrong? God, yeah, <laughs> yeah so many times. When has it stopped? That's the, they say, and it's in brackets for a fun bit. Has it ever gone horribly wrong? Right, well, I would say <laughs> you have to modulate that using your own skill set. So horribly wrong within hum humorous anecdotes. You're good at those stories. You'll be really good at that. But maybe take Rachel and Vassos to ensure that it stays within the correct liminal spaces. You'll be good at this. All right, well, have a lovely talk, Sport. Oh, thank you. Congratulations on everything. Uh, thank well you. done to West Ham. I'll see you, see you around. See you sometime. Who knows when? Hopefully it won't it, be too long. It's lovely where? to see you. All right. Goodbye, Brother Hot. Thank you, Brother Cold. <laughs>